Welcome to the Tell Janice Radio Show, where you will hear inspiring stories about life, love, and labor from amazing women to help lift you up. Now, here's your host, Janice. Thanks very much, and welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you're listening, and I'm sure you're going to learn a lot from our guest today. But before we get started, I wanted to remind you that if you know of a fabulous female that you would like me to give a shout-out to with a few words of encouragement, acknowledgement, or congratulations, please let me know their names by clicking on the link at telljanice.com. My guest today is um, Julie Brainlady Anderson of Your Best Mind out of Grass Valley, California. Your Best Mind uses the science behind psychology to assist individuals to achieve greater success in all areas of their lives, personal and professional. It's all about the brain, baby, as Julie says. Her topic (laughs) today is want success, use your brain. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. I'm happy to be here, Janice. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I've been reading up on you, and um, there's so much to to talk about. You have so many different topics. Can you start today telling a little bit about yourself? I started about 20 years ago into diving into the wonderful world world of the brain. I was studying psychoneuroimmunology at the time, and it just fascinated me what science could tell us about how we think and how our thought process affects our immune system. And that just kind of got me going into anything and everything I could find that would, that neuroscience could show us to help us live healthier, happier lives and have better relationships. And so it's kind of been a 20 year journey for me. And I have my, my team is my family. Um, They're all supportive and they, they love the information as well. And um, that's, that's who I am. (laughs) Well, it's terrific. You have a couple different topics you wanted to talk to us about. Um, Can you um, start with how neuroscience helps our brains and how we can apply it to our lives? You know, it's it's fascinating to know that, you know, when you think about all of these amazing technological findings that's coming out of the field of neuroscience, it was originally designed, of course, to help individuals with their, you know, who had TBIs or dealing with difficult brain dysfunctions. And what they're finding is that they can actually scan the brain now as you're processing a cognitive thought, as you're thinking, you know, as you're adding, as you're uh, communicating with someone. And they're able to scan and what parts of the brain activate, and more in, in, on an even more fascinating level, they're able to determine how much energy you're using to do those different things, how much glucose you're burning in your brain. And it's different from person to person. So this kind of gives us the background of understanding why your personality is slightly different than my personality because the energy expenditure in your brain is different than in my brain. So once you understand that it's, it's your brain that causes these different personality dynamics that it's not just the nurture. Although nurture does have something to do with it, it's, it's you know, the other side of the coin is this neuroscience. It helps us to understand why other people think the way they do. And a lot of times that's the biggest challenge in understanding why did I just do that or why did they just do that. And once you know the why, it helps you to get along better. It helps you to be more um, forgiving on certain areas, even within your own self and your, your, the own things that you have that you're not necessarily gifted in. So it's it's kind of the why and and giving yourself a break if you if you're not functioning properly and is that how you're looking at it? 
Yeah, it's it's kind of like what happens, and this is typical with, with women specifically. Men don't tend to do this as much. They do on some level, but not as much as women do. Women try to be all things to everyone. We just have this mindset oftentimes that we have to be good at everything. First brawns have a tendency to do the same thing. But when you have that desire to be good at everything, what you're literally doing on a neuroscience way or in your brain is you're you're burning way too much energy. You're fatiguing your brain because instead of working with the things that you're not gifted at that take up to literally 100 times as much energy to do, you are making your brain tired. And yet this is still what we try to do. We look at things that we're not good at and we go, oh, I have to get better at this, so I'm going to take this class or I'm going to enroll in this particular program that's going to help me to improve in this function in my life. Well, maybe that function is just too energy intensive for your brain. And instead of trying to be good at everything, focus on the things that you're naturally gifted in and don't worry about the rest. Don't focus on the rest. It, we can't all be perfect in all areas. So that's I was reading up on on some of what you just said, and I think that's really profound because we all try to we can run ourselves ragged trying to do everything for everybody. So you're saying just focus on what we do well. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you think about it, so I, if I may, I'm just going to step back to where I started. 20 years ago with psychoneuroimmunology, when you have a lot of negative emotions going on in your brain, a lot of negative self-talk, um, a lot of depression or a lot of stress, it changes the neurochemistry in your brain. So when this is going on in your mind and what you're thinking in your mind is negative, you, your neurochemistry changes and it tells your immune system, it literally suppresses your immune system. They can measurably watch your T and B cell production drop. They can even watch, and in some cases, accelerated tumor spread. So it's pretty serious if you have a lot of negative emotions going on. But the great thing is, is that when you have a lot of positive emotions going on, just the opposite happens. You literally, they can watch and measure your white blood cell count increase based on laughter, based on um, experiencing positive emotions. So now when you boil that down into this information on our brain strengths and our brain non-strengths, then if you're so concerned and worried about those non-strengths, you're putting yourself under a lot of extra stress. You're most likely frustrated with yourself, and frustration's a negative emotion. You have a lot of negative self-talk. So all of that does what to your immune system? It suppresses it. It reduces its ability to function at its peak. So on a very serious level, when we try to just get become over or when we become overly concerned about these things that we're not gifted in, we can literally be damaging our physical health. So it has a pretty powerful impact mm -hmm. on the way we live our lives. And instead, if we just go, you know what? I'm not gifted at bookkeeping. That is not my gifted area. Or I'm not gifted at caretaking. That's not my gifted area. So I'm going to hire that out or I'm going to work it into my schedule in ways that will work functionally for me. But I'm going to accept the fact this is not my gift and I'm going to just really thrive and shine in the things that are my gift. Now we're living not just happier lives, but literally we are living healthier lives. So we accept our frailties and our, you know, our, our um, weaknesses. 
and, and move forward and have somebody else help us with those things. Yes, and, and I might say I like and I, I like using the word of non strength and I use the illustration as opposed to weakness. I use the illustration yeah. of my son and I. So I have a my boys are all grown now. My youngest son is six foot three, and very athletic, very healthy, peak condition, right? And we're all equestrians, so we own horses, and we will bring home, you know, a ton of hay in the truck, and we'll unload it out of the truck and put it in the in the barn. Now, for Colton, he can do that. He can pick up a bale of hay and toss it like it's a pillow, you know. doesn't mm-hmm. take hardly. He's really physically strong, right? I cannot do it with that skill set. I can still unload a ton of hay. It's going to take me probably four times as long as my son. So I would never consider myself physically weak, but it's not my strong point. Does that make sense? So oh, when you absolutely. Look at, yeah, so when you look at your brain, it's it's not that those are necessarily weaknesses. They're just areas you're not gifted in. You can still do them. They're just not your gift. They're not your strong point. So it kind of takes that negative thought away from it and makes it say, oh, okay, that's just not where I'm strong. Because sometimes that term weak makes you feel weak, and we don't want that. I like the non-strength, and and I'll use that moving forward. I I love that. You know, strength and and weaknesses is something that I I do interviews and such, and so I've, you know, used that terminology for so long, but I like non-strength. So let me ask you this. So over the course of the last 20 years, when did you come to that moment where you – you discovered that, okay, I'm going to not focus on my non-strengths and focus on my strengths. Uh, Let's see. It probably happened about 16 years ago (laughs) because (laughs) I started this journey into the brain, right? And it took me a few years to really get to this depth of, of knowledge on the energy expenditure in your brain. And I can remember I was attending a brain and innate giftedness uh, class and workshop uh, that I've attended, I'm a three-time graduate of that now, that was being held at the St. Helena Hospital up in Napa in California. And when all this information was explained to me, I I got on the phone at the end of the day, and I called my husband, and I said, we're hiring someone to take care of the books in the office, <laughs> because it became clearly apparent to me at that point in time that the detailed uh, processes for clerical work was not my gifted area. It wasn't my strong point. And I was spending so much extra strength, brain energy, to do those things that it was it was making me an unhappy person on the days that I worked in the office. So that's about the time that it really turned, clicked in my head. We hired a VR person to come in and do the book work. We have had one ever since, and I have over the years, continued to align my life to naturally flow within my brain strengths. Mm-hmm. So what, what are your you know, specific brain strengths? <laughs> well, I'm going to draw a brain, uh, have you view a mental picture of the brain right now. If you're looking down sure. at the brain from the top down, it's naturally divided by fissures into four quadrants. You've got two on the left and two on the right. And I've given each of those quadrants kind of a name to describe the functions that take place in that section of the brain. So the front left is the boss quadrant. It is where all of those boss, inductive, deductive, reasoning, authority, delegating type things take place. 
the back left is the master coordinator. This is the detail portion of the brain. This is where the, the brain filing cabinet is. Spelling is filed here. Time and money is tracked here. All the little teeny tiny details. The right side of the brain, the back right, is the nurturer portion of the brain. So when any of us are doing nurturing, um, harmonizing, this is where music is, by the way, the home of music, mm -hmm. harmonizing, um, all of the connectedness in our life, it takes place here. The front right is the innovator quadrant. So when it, the big picture, the forward thinking, the, um, the creative problem solving, that all takes place in this portion of the brain. So that's where my brain strength tends to lie is in that innovator quadrant. I can use the front left fairly easy, but the real, the, the, my home, so to speak, is in that front right quadrant, which is the, the innovation. Entrepreneurialism, by the way, is they have found a home for entrepreneurialism in the brain, and it is in the front right portion of the brain. So a lot of your entrepreneurs that are listening to this program, they are most likely that innovator brain quadrant dominance. And the diagonally opposite portion of the brain is always the one that's the most labor intensive to work out of or are non-gifted areas. So in the last 20 years, when did they come up with all of this um, uh, detailed information about the brain? I mean, you've been doing this for quite some time. How has technology helped, you know, identify all those quadrants of the brain? I mean, I learned it back in college, but I think it's even more, you know, fine-tuned these days. Yeah, absolutely. It really started nineteen eight. The nineteen eighties were kind of coined the decade of the brain because that's when all of these very technical scanning machines came out: the positron emission tomography, the spec scans. Uh, later on, uh, you know, I think it was in the late nineteen nineties when the functional MRI scans, or it might have been in the two thousands, when the fMRI scans came out. So it's been a, a gradual. It's been a this process of being able to, like you said, fine tune it. So it started back in the nineteen eighties. Dr. Richard Heyer. Uh, back in the 1990s is one of the neuroscientists that was able to determine that each individual, based on his research, had this ability to use one of those four quadrants where you actually use less oxygen, less micronutrition, less glucose burned in one of those four. And that's your gifted area in your brain. And that was in the 1990s. Um, the field of psychoneuroimmunology predates that a little bit. It was more back in the 80s when that really started coming together and kind of heavy research started being done on that. And, of course, now they have 20 to 30 years of scientific research to base to even strengthen their what they're finding in terms of positive emotion and positive effects on the immune system, negative emotion, negative effects on the immune system. So it goes back further than, than me by probably about – the 80s were about the beginning of it, but it just mm -hmm. continues. I mean, you can look up neuroscience white papers and uh, research that's coming out almost daily uh, on new things that are being discovered about the brain based on these amazing brain scanning machines. Well, going backwards again, Julie, how did you, how did you, with your education, how did you get um, focused on the brain? How did that work for you? Well, it, when I was studying back 20 years ago, I was studying for a degree in natural health. And one of those course requirements was psychoneuroimmunology. And I read a book by um, Norman Cousins that absolutely changed my life. It's called Head First. If you like, it's a little technical reading, but if you like understanding how your thoughts affect your health, that's an amazing book to read. He quotes study after study after study, a lot of it being done with cancer patients at the time. 
of, you know, how they could determine what, you know, support systems and positive emotions would do, would ha- what kind of positive responses it would have in the body in terms of health. And I, I just loved the science of it. You know, it's one thing for somebody to say to you, and I kind of grew up this way with my mom always telling me, oh, don't be stressed out. You're going to make yourself sick. Well, that's fine, but I have to know the reason why, which is part of the way my brain is wired. In order for it to really have impact in my life, I need to know that there's a foundational proof as to why stress will make you sick or why you are gifted at certain things and not gifted at others. Because if it is just a matter of practice makes perfect, then we could all be you know, equally talented in everything. But that's not the case, and that's why – you know, when I found out that they could prove stuff through science, you know, prove these things that we've thought about or the old wives tells or that we've been told through time, now they can prove it scientifically. That's when I just became fascinated and started just digesting anything I could that had to do with neuroscience and neuropsychology and formulating it and funneling it down into the business model that I have to help people really understand who they are and what, why they do what they do and how that helps in their relationships and in their physical health. So that's kind of what led me on that path was that initial study and realizing that scientifically they could prove so much. Well, absolutely, and you mentioned stress because stress is, I, I would probably venture to say probably 100% of us deal with stress in our lives. And mm-hmm. how are you helping people and what you do with with how they deal with stress, whether it's relationships or their work life or whatever? Okay. First thing is I always try to help people to understand what their brain personality connection is so that they can kind of take a weight off their shoulders and understand why they are not gifted in certain areas, why they have strengths and non-strengths. And that it is it is the wiring in their brain. It is something that they it is coded in your DNA. Quit trying to fight against your DNA. Just learn to step into your natural gifts, own them, and and rock them. And when you do that, that immediately is going to relieve a certain measure of stress, because we put so much stress on ourselves oftentimes because we're like, oh, why did I do that? Or I wish I could do this better. Or you know, why did I say that? It's like all of a sudden it it takes this this pressure off to, as I said earlier, you know, be perfect in everything. And then in your relationships, it's huge because you begin to understand, okay, if I have a disagreement with this person, maybe I'm a right-brainer and they're a left-brainer, and that's just the way their brain is wired. So it doesn't mean I'm wrong. It doesn't mean they're wrong. It just means it's a difference in opinion, and it's a difference in the way that their brain and their life experiences perceives a certain situation or a certain topic. It it takes the stress out of feeling that I'm right and they're wrong, or maybe I'm wrong. It doesn't mean you're wrong. It just means your your perception is different. It also I also try to really help people to implement in their lives day-to-day activities that will help them to maintain a positive, low-stress lifestyle to have optimal health. And all sometimes there's just things in our lives, you know, maybe it's financial problems, maybe it's health issues, maybe it's family health issues. There are things that cause us a large amount of stress. But the way we deal with it is going to impact our health differently. If we let that stress control us, it's going to be very negative. But there's some simple day-to-day activities that you can do that allows you to control your stress. 
and that puts a completely different twist on how it affects your health. Right. What are those um, some of those um, daily activities that could help us? First off is be happy and smile a lot. I mean, literally tell people they've done research on smiling. Um, a Duchenne smile, which is it was Dr. Duchenne that that um, that did this research and found it out. That's why it's called a Duchenne smile. So a genuine smile literally creates endorphins in your brain. It literally sets off a a positive response, neurochemical response in your brain. So if you are dealing with a lot of stress or you find that you are tend to be negative a lot, best way to start out every morning is find your favorite YouTube video. Your favorite YouTube video that makes you laugh. I go to Carol Burnett. I go to Robin Williams. You know, whoever it is that's going to make you laugh. Because when you laugh, you are literally creating in the brain a positive neurochemical response. And that's going to help your brain deal with stress. Another thing is um, fresh air. Getting out, even if it's just for five minutes in the morning, getting out, breathing deep, fresh air, expanding your lungs, you know, stretching out the vagus nerve, that's going to have a positive neurochemical response in your brain. Um, exercise is a day-to-day activity that you can take. One of my favorite quotes from any from movie ever is from Legally Blonde and um, Elle Woods in her infinite wisdom. In her defense of her client who could not have killed her husband, she makes the comment that she is an exercise guru, and exercise creates endorphins. Endorphins make you happy, and happy people just don't shoot their husbands. So that was her whole defense. Well, in all honesty, exercise does create endorphins, and endorphins do make you happy. So exercise is something that... uh, will affect your brain in a very positive way. And there's actually, there's like 21 steps that I've lined out, but those are just a few. I'm keeping positive quotes around, um, getting up and moving throughout the day. Sometimes we just get sedentary, especially if we are working in an office all day and we're sitting too much, or we're an entrepreneur that sits in front of our computer too much. You know, getting up and moving, um, meditation. And I'm not talking about the really deep transcendental meditation. I'm talking about just literal easy, simple, mindful meditation where you're just taking a few minutes and closing your eyes, breathing deep, because that deep breath is also going to increase the oxygen flow to your brain, which is going to make your brain a little bit happier. And just being mindful of your surroundings and calming your body down, because sometimes we get so wrapped up in all of this outside pressure and stress that we forget to just breathe and be focused and be present in where we're at right now. And that alone will also help and have a positive chemical reaction in your brain. So those are just some of the literal, simple, day-to-day activities that you can do that will really help to de-stress your life, create positive um, feelings in your brain, positive self-talk, and then positive response in your immune system. So I think it's really key, the positive self-talk, and you mentioned smiling, laughter, fresh air, exercise, positive quotes, meditation, um, whether it be deep meditation or not. And, um, I mean, those are are really, really great um, tips for all of us and all of our, our listeners. Absolutely. I think they're – and they're, once you start doing them on a regular basis, you kind of see that your whole mindset starts to shift. 
you know, you, you start looking at your day in a much more positive way. And therefore, your self-talk turns into something more positive. You know, you can start flipping everything negative that you say to yourself in your brain into something positive. And it just, it almost becomes very much a habit and a way of thinking and a lifestyle and a mindset. And it's just this, in, instead of being a snowball effect in a negative way, it becomes a snowball effect in a very positive way. I love that. How do, how do you wake up every day? Uh, with the sun. <laughs> I love the sun. Um, the sun gently wakes me up every morning. Um, and I'm always, I have, we have dogs. I love dogs. They make me smile. So pretty much every morning I've got a smile on my face when my dog jumps up on, on the bed and she smiles at me because she does literally smile. And, you know, Aww. it's just, you know, connected with nature. I We have horses. So first thing in the morning I'm going out and getting that fresh air and feeding the, you know, feeding the horses. And that gets me, you know, gets me going. It makes me, it makes me happy and appreciate. Even if it's raining outside, you know, we had storms here in Northern California in the last uh, uh, last few days, and it was beautiful because in Northern California we need the rain. So, right. <laughs> you know, even we do just too here. yeah, you know, even just being in that part of nature, whether it's sunny or it's raining, it's appreciating the positive of whatever is going on. So that's that's how my days start out every morning. Well, I love that question because, you know, I like to wake up and open up the windows and see what it looks like outside, and that, that brings, you know, peace to my mind starting the day. Yeah, you're we in don't, Grand in our Valley, bedroom, which is gorgeous. Yeah, you're, it is, gorgeous and we area. don't have, yeah, we don't have blinds on our windows in our bedroom. We don't have curtains that we draw shut. It's just, so when the sun comes, like I said, when the sun gently comes up among the big pine trees, that's what, that's what I get to see looking out the window. It helps. Oh. It definitely helps. It uh, it does help. I mean, it's really integral in my life, too, and how I wake up every morning. And sometimes you're just kind of blah, and then sometimes if you do, you take those proactive steps, opening up my blinds, that helps me, you looking out outside your door or having your, your dog smile at you. I mean, you <laughs> really have to, yeah, you have to take an active role in, in your happiness, that's for sure. I agree, totally agree. Well, let me ask you uh, one last question. When you were starting your career and you mentioned having three grown children, what impact did your relationship have on on your career? I mean, how did you balance all of everything? You know, my kids came first. I homeschooled my three boys for 16 years. And so wow. for the yeah, for the beginning portion of my journey into the brain, uh, it, it had a hugely positive impact on the way I taught my kids because I learned how the brain learns and I became a very whole brain teacher as opposed to, you know, just what you see in the school systems today. So that was that was huge. But it, it stayed on the evening, weekend, you know, side until my youngest son was pretty much free of needing my, you know, hovering care in his schoolwork. So it it, it was the back burner for a while and then it was really in 2008 when it when I picked it up and started doing it on a much more aggressive level prior to that I was doing weekend workshops um, evening meetings things like that but it so it it my relationship stayed focused on my kids first and then as they no longer needed my my you know constant care as a mom then I was able to increase the time that I was spending into my business and now they're all grown and out of the house and so the business is is uh, you know my husband's first but then the business is is second well that's that's a, a great um a great um 
thing to say is the children should always come first. Um, let me ask you, too, I'm kind of curious, what virtue have you instilled in your three children from an early age? Oh, um, virtue. I'm going to say, uh, of course, we're very connected to our God, so that's got to be first. Um, but I, I would say understanding and accepting people as they are. That is one of the biggest things that all of this information has taught me about the brain. We're all amazing mm-hmm. in our own individual personality and brain personality connection. And when you start to accept people for their brain wiring and for who they are and not be judgmental of them because they they see things different than you, it your life and your relationships just, they thrive they thrive. And so I think that's probably the, you know, one of the biggest things that I tried to teach them was just you're a great person in who you are. Don't ever criticize yourself and don't cr- be critical of other people. I I like that. Don't be critical of other people because I think that's where we get into trouble when we're judgmental and critical and be accepting knowing that, you know, everything that you've talked about today using your right brain, left brain and being accepting of people really is is important for all of us to remember. Absolutely. Absolutely. Life is just so much easier <laughs> that way, you know? When when you're when you're constantly looking at the negatives, then you're just you're just depressed all the time. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's easier to just say, "Oh, they have an interesting personality. That's kind of cool. That's okay. You know, it's different than mine, but hey, uh, that, you know, to each his own. That's okay." Yeah, you can agree to disagree, correct? Exactly. I love that saying. I love that saying. It's just a difference in opinion. You know, it doesn't have to be a right or a wrong. It's just a difference in opinion. That's right. Well, it's been lovely having you on the show, Julie. Can you um, tell our guests how they can get a hold of you? Yeah, I would love to connect more. I am all over. Um, Brain Lady Julie is all over the place on the on social networks. So, Facebook, I'm Julie Anderson, Purple Brain Lady. At Twitter, I'm at Brain Lady. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Brain Lady Julie. Or you can just email me directly at my company info at yourbestmindonline.com. And yourbestmindonline.com is my is my uh, website, and so you can email me at info, I-N-F-O, at yourbestmindonline.com. And, you know, I would love to connect more with your listeners, and if anyone wants to spend 30 minutes with me and just chit-chat about their brain or my brain or psychoneuroimmunology or anything else, I would I would love to do that. So, you know, complimentary consultation or 30 minutes with, with anyone who would like to do that. Oh, that's that's terrific. I, I'll be calling you for that 30-minute consultation for sure. <laughs> Sweet. You need to, I would love you to need, connect uh, with you more. <laughs> I can't pronounce that psychoneural emolog. I can't. Immunology. I can't pronounce that. Immunology. <laughs> Got it. Yep. And do you yep. do you have any products too that you want to shout out to the guests here? You know, I've got. There's a lot of. If you if you go to the website, um, there's a, a product tab, and you can look at it. We've got CDs on creating dynamic relationships and dealing with difficult people, on stepping into your power. And that really helps you to understand and know what your natural brain strengths are and then how to implement, you know, life strategies to really step into that. Um, You know, I've got a fun one that's just on brain health. It's just on, you know, how to keep your brain healthy and happy. So there's just a lot of fun stuff on there. Um, So take a look at the website. You'll find it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on the show. 
Julie. Oh, well, thank you, Dennis, for having me. I was this was it, this was quite the pleasure to be here. Well, it's my pleasure entirely. I've been talking with Julie Brain Lady Anderson, and we're going to take a short break. And I also wanted to tell the ladies out there that um, who've been turning it tuning in. I've had some amazing, fantastic female guests, and I hope you recognize this as an opportunity to pass their knowledge on to your daughters and friends and share the wisdom of ages. I'll talk to you again soon. Each up, spread the love, and share an attitude of gratitude. And I also want to thank Julie Tabazon for all your help here today. Every thank you so much. Minutes, another woman gets the news that she has breast cancer. And here are some of the first words she hears. Hertenew oncogene. Aromatase inhibitor, ductal carcinoma in situ. What do these words mean? How are you going to decide what to do if you can't even say what you have? Listen to me, Shirley Jones. As soon as you get your diagnosis, go to breastcancer.org. It's a special place on the Internet where you can learn how to say all those breast cancer words and find out what they mean. At breastcancer.org, you can learn more about your particular kind of cancer and your treatment options. Prepare a list of questions for your next doctor's visit and get all kinds of other useful information to guide you and your family through this. Breastcancer.org, the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer. You've been listening to the Tal Janus Radio Show. If you'd like to be a guest or suggest a guest for the show, or if you would like to nominate a fabulous female for a shout-out by Janice on the live show, please visit www.telljanice.com. Please share this episode with your social network and help us lift women up. Join us next week for another episode of Tell Janice.